Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Laura. We're longtime friends who know a good year at Real Talk can solve almost anything. And we're transferring our skills and experiences to our new coaching practice. Whether you're making a big decision, exploring a new path, planning a project, or you just want to learn how coaching might help you, join us for our conversations on Coaching Through It. Oh, hello. Hi. <laughs> I, was, I was just making space for you making space. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're too- totally fine. <laughs> then I was like, I'll just let her know that I've done just in case she's like waiting for me to be like, I'm done. <laughs> I, was gi- I was giving you a five minute rule. Uh, w- welcome back to coaching through it. You've been coaching. Uh, Amanda coached me tonight, but yes, I coached her earlier this week. Yeah, it was good. Cool. So mm-hmm. practice coaching is going well. Yeah, I... I've learned that uh, I've, I've just decided to jump in. In a couple of my sessions, about 25 minutes in, I was like, I'm going to make an observation. Are you open to an observation? <laughs> That's good. I love it. And I was like, here's what I see. I see this, I see this, and I see this. And it's been right like every time, so that's been good. Um, and I also learned that I say, I'm wondering if, and I'm like, oh, that's got to go. So in your coaching do you record yourself now is what you've been doing I have been recording myself mm-hmm. but the I'm wondering if piece I just got because I was like this is the sixth time you've said this probably <gasps> uh-huh. so that was woof. I I yeah I was wondering if you caught it yourself or you heard yourself say that because um you know as you know this is podcast number six for us now I've listened to us and uh, we talked about you doing more practice coaching. So we could talk about that or we could talk about some other ideas for episodes too. Um, but that was definitely one of them, what we're learning from our own observing or listening to yourself. Coach, you haven't done that yet, have you? I have not listened. I couldn't do it. I <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that one later. That sounds good. Good. You're like, I feel like writing out pandemic life is all about uh, learning to understand how much your mental state can take. And like the stress of practice coaching this week was enough coaching stress. And I was like, I can listen to them next week. <laughs> so, you know what? You don't actually have to listen to it until you sit with your teacher and observe. So that's fine. That's but tell, okay, let's tell our listeners what practice coaching is. So they may not yeah. know what the heck you're talking about. What do you mean practice coaching? What is right, it? Right. So I, well, practice coaching is, but so what I did is I set up a few different sessions. I had three different individuals from our cohort reach out and say they were willing to chat, which was amazing. Um, so I had three separate sessions this week um, with so folks. 60 and meetings. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, 60. Did you say that what you said? Yeah. Six yeah. Zero. Yeah. yeah. 60 minutes. So um, I think, you know, because we are friendly with each other in the cohort, each of my sessions, we spent a couple minutes kind of like chat, chat, chat. So I think the actual coaching time has been closer to like 55. Um, And then because we'll kind of spend a few minutes and then it's like scene, right? Like, let's start. Um, But you're doing like a full coaching session, Um, you know, setting the agenda, moving through it. Um, you know, wrapping it up, accountability, that sort of thing, which has been great. It's been great to um, move through that whole process because in class, you know, we've done chunks of things and we've practiced skills, but we've not really had a chance to do a full session, which would make sense because our class is not long enough. So 
Cool. And so, and I asked you to tell what a coaching practice is. It's an actual coaching session. It's just, we're practicing with fellow coach trainees. And yeah. uh, so we're probably coaching on real issues still, which is great. Cause I've had the same thing reaching people reaching out from our cohort. Like I got a real issue that I'd love for you to coach me on. And um, so you do, you're doing what a coach would do. Like you would check in with your client for five minutes. So that's still coachy, coachy with a Y. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. You set the agenda, you figure out why that agenda or that goal or that thing is significant. And then you kind of want to figure out what they get to. So how's it been you, in your three coaching sessions so far? Yeah. Um, better than I expected to be honest. So that's good. <laughs> Lowered expectations. 100%. 100%. I came in being like, just do no harm, right? Like, just don't make it worse. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. And um, tell me check. about what's, check. Okay. So what's, what is better than expected for you? So what have you learned in doing this? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'm sure I've mentioned it earlier. Like I, I tend to, when I'm learning a new skill, kind of really follow in, not follow, fall into this notion of like, it was presented this way, or here was this example. Right. Um, and so, and, and I will not coach like a lot of our training, if that makes sense. Well, I will follow training, but like, I think naturally my conversation style, as I'm sitting here gesticulating all around and like doing all these things, which you would not do as a coach, right? But like, or a um, podcaster, if you pick up sound, just point of information. Um, right. That's true. Sorry. 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 But, um, <laughs> but right. Like, I think it, it was good for me to practice because I was nervous that I would not be a good coach because I wouldn't match the style that we've seen as examples. Right. Sure. Um, and getting into it, understanding that it's not about that. It's, it's about honoring that space and that, that contract, which I, I mean, very loosely, it could be a real contract or just a, a social contract of entering into an hour of practice coaching, right? But just honoring that contract and, you know, trusting the client, letting them go. Um, you know, there was a one session when I was like, oh, I don't, we're not really going to get to this agenda. Let's check in and make sure they're, they're good with where we're going. But like, mm-hmm you know, it's not always delivering the deliverables established at the beginning of the session. Right. So in your sessions, like some things we talked about on past episodes, cause I recently did some editing. Uh, we've talked about uh, opening and closing. What is coaching all the fields using tools, going deep and agenda stuff. So are there things like that you can reflect on in practice that you're like, Oh, I did this instead of this, or that was really helpful and prepared me as I was doing these practice coaching, coaching sessions. Yeah. Um, the first thing I was going to say is something that I want to change, but something that I learned. So not necessarily helpful, but something that stood out to me is I think not relying as much on powerful questions in the sense of like being the only tool, right? It is okay to, uh, you know, share a bit of a story or talk about a metaphor or do those things. And those are all pieces of technique that we have learned about, but I think in practice, it was different to allow space for some of that. Um, So in some ways I was really excited that I had three sessions this week because I definitely tried different things to where in the last one, I like made up my own tool, like on the spot. Right. And I'm going to use tool very loosely, but you know, kind of a little exercise with the client to say like, Hey, I think this would really help us or help you, like, let's try it. And they were willing. So that was nice to kind of go from this feeling of, I just have to ask powerful questions. Like, what does it look like to just make eye contact with someone and be like, 
what is the value in that for you? You know, pause, which, which is good. But like, I think you get wrapped up in like, what did they say? What's a powerful question? What connects when I'm like, sometimes I just want to be a real person and say like, you know, acknowledge what you've said and like do something different than ask a damn powerful question. I think that is a powerful question. Like anything that you've asked with a what and a how or related to what they're talking about is a powerful question. It's not one that's scripted in our book, but yeah. I think you're doing that. Because like, isn't that what a powerful question is to you? What is it? Or did you have a different definition or interpretation of that? I don't know. I think, you know, I think that they're, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know why I didn't feel. They feel very scripted. Maybe it's because we have a book that has a bunch of them in it. Sure. Right? And so. Yeah. We, okay. So powerful questions in our book are like, what, 20, 25 pages? I don't know how many pages of these questions. And they're just to give you examples. Um, I think you asked powerful questions, Julie Larson. Go you. Thank you. Uh, uh, do you want to reveal this uh, uh, exercise or secret tool you have, or is that for later? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, you know, it, it, this is what I love about it is that it doesn't have to be super fancy. But um, mm-hmm. the client I was working with uh, had a lot of swirling going on, so they really wanted to kind of hone in on uh actually like what they want to offer as a coach right so they're really looking for like a a, a, uh what am i trying to say like a slim down message right like a very concise that's the word concise message about who they are as a coach and um but there was a lot of swirling there was a lot of long sentences and big words and and so i asked her to just pick three words right that's great and then I said, let's make a sentence from each one of those words. Right. And so, and I think it was good because this person was very much in a space of like verbosity. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a, that's a good idea. So it's like, a, it's like a narrowing technique in a way. Like in, it's, yeah. it's there's a, there is a tool called defining your terms and like, what does that mean to you that I'm thinking of in the book? Um, so it sounds like that, but you're also like defining their, who they are. It's kind of a cool way to do it. It was good. And I think, you know, it was about two thirds of the way through the session. So we had covered some things in terms of values around coaching and purpose around coaching. And so it was a good touch point to be like, hey, we've talked about a lot of things, pull out words from what we've talked about, you know, that resonate with you. Cool. I'm excited. Um, so you get to do like your observations. And so we'll, we're, as we're talking about practice, let's just share a little bit what that is. I've done an observation. Um, so we'll talk about what that is later. But essentially, we go in with our ch- coach trainer, who's going to listen with us. Like I actually didn't listen before this. And I asked, should I listen before this? I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to. Like, I mean, it was a fresh one. It was one that I recorded the week before that came out where Katie's like, can you sign up for the session for, you need to do two in this class. I have to do three in another class. So I was like, oh, I should get these rolling now. So I was like, mm, next week. So I did one that was fresh. So I didn't re-listen to it. And you listen to it in session. So are you going to pick one of these practice sessions to listen? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I have my first one in like a week, two okay. weeks, a week, something like that. We'll debrief them afterward. That then that sounds like a good one. Like what does observation mean? Yeah. <laughs> and re-listening to yourself besides the podcast. What did you learn, Laura? You can't just skate that subject. Uh, like what did you learn? I think I'm probably more critical than other people are. And I never thought like I got some good positive feedback. Um, your first observation, you'll listen to the beginning part, like setting the agenda will be really important. So I was pretty strong at that. Um, 
which I didn't think I liked it as much because, you know, we talked about like bumpers and rails and having these like guidelines, but it's actually probably good because it gets a client back and myself back that it's their agenda. So that's really what you focus on is the beginning part is all we listen to. Mine had some, this is an actual client, had some emotion and had some, is this a referral for therapy? And we talked a bit about that, like that came up and that was something that I was like, yeah, she has been pretty emotional, whether it's um, related to something or life changing, who knows it's COVID. There's lots of things happening these days. And so we talked about that. And then I like to put lots of fillers in, not surprising that my academic person, I need to like get to the question and not explain the question. So that was something I called out and I watched myself, so we, you just have to listen to the audio, but I played the version of the video, and I was like, oh, I need to be more stoic. So now I'm dressed in my like Steve Jobs outfit today. Is what My joke is black turtleneck and jeans. Yeah. And so I need to be thinking about my verbal and nonverbal tics and what I do and how other people can react. And it's not a bad thing to offer personality, like you're saying. like well, Everything you're doing in metaphor and story is like just you. So don't yeah. take the Juliet of coaching. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So it was good to get it into that rhythm. I like that. Um, yeah. So overall observation, great. Uh, good feedback. I think I'm the one who gave more criticism than Katie gave to me. I was like, oh, but it was, it was good. Like we talked about like what I might do for the, that referral. And I was like, all right, what did you think about this? And she's like, no, I think you were, you felt comfortable going through the things. And I didn't, I don't exactly coach like the models we have. And I think that's a good call out, Julie, is coaching is going to be different and there has to be some acceptance of there's more than one way. So I love that you experienced that this week and like, sounds like you're feeling good coming in. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it definitely was, um, I think I went into these practice sessions feeling like I'm going to do, we have to have two for the class that Laura and I are in together. And I was like, I'm going to do two and I'm done. <laughs> like, I don't even care. Done. And, uh, and now I, you know, and then I ended up with three, which is great. And I'm like, I could do a couple more, but I do like that the pressure for class is off, right? Like I can meet that requirement and obligation and then, um, uh, kind of continue on as I would want. Um, still definitely not like not ready to like hang my you know sign outside the door or anything like that but um not yet I'll make you one though then please I would like you to hang your sign outside the door (laughs) in session Um, (laughs) all right so what I thought we could talk about maybe today is a combination of a couple weeks because I think the topics kind of blend together if that's good yeah Um, let's do it so like the last couple weeks we've talked about um when people are coming in with stories or revving high and uh, there's lots going on, which, wh- why would that be an issue? I don't know. Answer yourself, listener. Why would you have lots on your mind right now? Um, and so uh, we did a couple things around clearing, bottom lining, or the tools I'm going to talk about. But yeah, what did you learn for the last few weeks when it comes to like holding space, clearing, or making space, uh, bottom lining? And we should define both, I guess, like first so sure so clearing is this notion that folks might just just need to move through something right like so i you know the term that we use and that you've used that we use in class was this notion of a revved up individual kind of coming into a session who 
you know, feels very high energy, but maybe it's a little out of, out of sorts and, and just making space, um, and giving them, but by setting a timer, right. Which I sort of loved, like, (laughs) Hey, do you want to, do you want to talk about this for mm, three and a half minutes? And then we're going to move on. Like, it's not really going to be that exact, right. But like, uh, I did love that it was, you know, let's talk about this thing and maybe the, and maybe the coaching, thing comes out of it, right? Or the agenda gets built out of that thing. And maybe it doesn't, but it's like, it just happened so immediate to the session that it's, this person needs to get this out, right? And then once it's out, they're able to kind of move on because their headspace is a little bit more clear. Um, yeah. Or they could be coming in flat. So like it's a combination is you're either too high, the rev up or too low. And so you want them in the middle almost. Right. And so that's how I thought about like people are distracted or things are coming on in different information, news cycles to um, yeah, there's just like, maybe someone's like running off a list in their head or there's just, like monotone and you're like, this doesn't seem like you. And I think you and I clear usually when we start a podcast, we did it tonight. So clearly we're cleared and we already right. have space, but like, it's something we would do before we hit record is of what's happening quickly. And then we're like, breathe and we're here. So what are some yeah. clearing things that you like to do? The timer's a good one. Do you like set the, did you set the timer? You do the three minutes. Um, I didn't, I actually haven't cleared like in a session yet. We did not do it. We were supposed to practice in class and the person and I, who was my partner, uh, for that practice, it's someone who I've worked with before. And as we came in and we're entering conversation, I could see that she was actually in a really good place. And she brought up this thing and was like, I could clear about this, but I'm actually okay. And I was like, then let's not. Right. And Mm -hmm. I, and I felt really good about that decision. We both talked about it in the sense of like, why would you make a client like sit somewhere they didn't want to be? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I think it's distracted, anxious. Um, The clearing thing that I cleared people on this, on that example was uh, election. Like, and I I cleared with two people, one, one person in my house, one person I was practicing with, because I think there's lots coming down and it's not like it's something you want to hold on to. It's just a, let's get rid of this. Like, distraction of what's happening in the world and what it means to them and it actually like I did ask her what does it mean to them and they're both like I'm pissed off we don't have a better leader or why can't we just get to like December 14th now like so there's a bunch of things that I think people just want to go all right I've, I've been listened to let's go <laughs> yeah yeah I think it was a good reminder for me to really just trust the client right like and I kind of already gave this example, but I, I think it's very, um, when you learn a tool or you're learning something new, I think it's a really, it's really easy to rely on that as your way forward and try to like shove something in, even if it's not necessarily where you, where the client needs to be. So if someone says, yeah, it was a really stressful, you know, situation. And then you're like, do you want to talk about that for five minutes? <laughs> because you've learned this technique. <laughs> yeah. Right? There's, like, no, there's no pressure <laughs> to shift their energy around that if, if, especially if their energy is like, is kind of neutral, like sure, they'll have an emotional reaction, but it's nothing too extreme. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's funny you said that. Um, yeah. You don't want to force people into like going through a topic. The other idea about clearing is the energy. Like you said it best, like you can pick up on people's, like this is the EI, the emotional intelligence, right? You can pick up if someone's kind of like, a little out of sorts from what you know, or even if you just are meeting a client, like, is that something they need? Um, 
I, it's interesting. I don't know if anyone in our sessions talked about like bringing that clearing thing into a session because maybe it's just a laundry list of things in their head or things they're thinking about because they're like, no, I just need to like rant and get that out. Um, it is set to a timer usually. And I don't know. I think it's, it, we dove into the next piece of it, which is the bottom lining. Um, if people are doing the other thing, they're spiraling out of control. What's an example of spiraling out of control for you that you've witnessed or that you're thinking of? Oh, well, I, yeah, I, I don't know if I define it as like spiraling out of control kind of with that skill, but I think like uh, just really moving away from the mark, right. It's kind of how I took it and like, like really just going somewhere else. Um, and I think the distinction I would make is that spiraling out of control to me implies a bit of, um, like, uh, tension or, or anxiety. And I don't know that this necessarily, at least what I took from it would need that in a client. I think even if a client was just, you know, talking about, building a house and kept talking about picking out the things, you know, like, and so bringing them back by saying something like, you know, you had to interrupt. I actually was laughing because in my mind, I was like, Pasquini and I got this one. This is like, <laughs> we'll interrupt each other as we talk. Right? No. Pushing myself into a conversation. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I brought my own chair. Uh, I will come to the table. No, I guess. Okay. Not starting our control, but like, I think of it as they're both similar in there's distractions of some sort and you need to like bring them back to a focus point. And so the bottom line example is, yeah, it is like an interruption of someone talking, 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 because the idea is uh, your client's coming to the session and you want them to, you know, work out some of their ideas and you want them to be talking. But if you sit back for like the 60 minutes and you let them just like brain dump on you, then that's not coaching. So yeah. uh, this is the, how do you insert yourself in it? And they're similar in the same idea that um, you're bringing them back to a focus point or kind of the direction. Like you're, they're off on a tangent, let's say, and you're like, come on back in and pull them back in. Yeah. Yeah. I had one. I Oh, I was just no, going to say, I have, no, I had a client that was doing that and that was at the early of my um, coaching. So it was helpful in class when I think it was Katie who talked about setting the tone that coaching is not going to be a laundry list of your worries and things and that maybe other support systems are really needed. Like as could be a social worker, it could be a therapist, it could be something else because if they're coming in with multiple things, like I think um, a support team of folks that might include a coach is really helpful, but it shouldn't only be a coach. And that got me thinking about setting that tone early of, well, I'm going to ask you questions and you're going to talk about them and we're going to focus on the thing you want to talk about. And if you do go off, I'm going to nudge you back. And that's how I saw this bottom lining, bottom lining tool kind of, or exercise. I think we never practiced it though. We didn't. There's a lot of discussion about it, though. A lot of discussion. I, in my head, I really wanted to make a joke in our class chat, but I didn't know how Katie would feel. But I wanted to, like, bottom line the bottom lining discussion. And be like, <laughs> how would you have done that? That's, that's a great uh, meta. Right. I really just wanted to come in and be like, all right, so what are our three main takeaways from how this is impacting coaching? Like, <laughs> I tried to do that. I asked, like, could you give me the, these are the simple things for bottom lining? And I was like, right. It is this, this, and this. Uh, I was like, 
time oh the time they're taking this is what so i did write down notes the time they're taking like the length of, of the session are you being productive um their distraction like a toddler throwing things into the cart while you're mm -hmm. shopping and you're like no that doesn't belong here and uh, a lack of focus so it's like managing the agenda and that's what i wrote so yeah wow like so her comment was i wrote wow i was feeling overwhelmed there's a lot going on there uh do you think we can coach around it or should we move on i was like that's not a bad one what's your good way you'd like to bottom line because you've probably done this with the client already not as a in a severe way but just to bring them back what's your kind of strategy hmm i don't know well honestly i think without knowing what it was that tool that one word was a way to bottom line for this individual because they were just kind of continually talking around and talking around and talking around. <laughs> so, because you're coaching clients that are coaches to be, yeah. well. and so you, you said bottom line. <laughs> yeah. So I, well, kind of, I was like, give me, give me three words. You get one, you know, like, <laughs> that's all I want. That's all you get. <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah. I, and I can, and I can tell you that the tool or that, that technique tool, exercise, whatever you want to call it, was driven by me wanting to be like, cut through the, cut through it. Like, I just, like, we need to focus in on something. Yeah. Yeah. And the purpose is to really help the client. And so the other strategy would be like, Julie, 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 I hear you. And you, and you probably do this with we ones in your life um, to get their attention. <laughs> like I am talking to you. So uh, listen up. And I think it's stuff that we probably do in general. Like I can see, or I sense that, or this is our mm -hmm. pondering selves. Like we're not going to call it out. We're just going to lightly call it out in a nice finessed way. Yeah. I don't know if I've used the technique I use with the littles. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I need your eyes. And I don't know that I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me here. <laughs> but it could be like if they're drifting off, like I notice you're like looking for Lawrence that way. Like I think it's okay. Like if I notice like a, a weird body language of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. What do we learn from these like, I guess, redirecting? You know, I think a point that was brought up um that wasn't named specifically, but it definitely was running through my mind was this notion of like, while you let the client lead, like you have to maintain control. Well, it did was brought up explicitly. Katie used a great metaphor about like kind of keeping some of the rain, right? The rains, not rain like Seattle, like we're having today. But. <laughs> um, and I think that's really important because, you know, so much of our conversation before had been around this notion of following the client. Where does the client lead and trust the client, right? And don't come in with an agenda because the client will set the agenda and all of those things are true. And having enough presence with that client and being tuned in enough that when they are drifting off course, that you're able to pull them back, right? To, to what's happening. Yeah, that was a good horse. We had lots of metaphors. Like I also like the walking, hiking a trail. Someone else in our class said hiking a trail and you're kind of like the pathfinder, but you're letting them figure out their path, but you wouldn't let them go off a cliff or right. going to some poison ivy, let's say, or yeah, like you're going to be like, that trail looks like the one less followed. Maybe we go back this way. And so yeah. I like that idea of you're walking with them, you're letting the client lead that hike. And yeah, you're just like calling out th some things that might not be relevant for them. Like we don't need that whatever log floating over there. Let's not go that way. So yeah. Yeah. 
Um, the two things I thought were really helpful for me as I reflect down, I wrote, um, cause we had talked about context and story and it's really hard for this group. And I'm like, I don't have time anymore. So the questions that were, we'd ask, <laughs> do I want to know informa- information, like the things we, the context, or do I need to know are the two questions. And I was like, how's that going for you as you talk with folks, um, or you are being coached or what's that like for you these days? Yeah, I, you know, went into all three sessions actually with that very forefront of my mind because I am, you know, we had a lot of folks in class who are like, I love context and I want context. I'm a context person. And I, I don't think that is my thing, but I definitely want to build relationship. And so I ask questions because of that. Right. And and so it's less about context. I don't really care. I just want to know who you are. I guess that's context, but it feels a little different in the way that they were explaining it. And so I definitely was at the point of like, you don't need to know everything, you know, and there in a couple of times it came up when folks were talking about structures of work or, you know, academic work. And I was like, I'm just going to sit and be uncomfortable that I don't necessarily understand the processes or the subject matter and, and just be really present. And it was, it was good, but I had to so intentionally focus in on it. And I think had we not kind of had some of that build up before because we've talked about that a little bit right like just being present and and I was like just focus on it you don't have to know everything how about you how are you doing with that yeah we talked about story in a previous podcast obviously we love story and people and hearing their story um it is hard some people I do know their context and so if like and I've I have said like you don't need to go really into it because I think about context as also derailing maybe the session in some points. Like, so if they have a boss that's like, or a supervisor they're really struggling with and they really want to go on and rant about them, that's not going to be helpful for them. And so the, I, I think the, this past week was helpful in our, in our coach class because we had a conversation around like, is this going to benefit or is this for the good of the client? And um, Julie said it a few times already and I might have to make her a shirt is trust the, trust the client. Hashtag trust the client. Um, but I do think like, I've been trying to think about what's going to help move them forward. It's not going to be about the specific details. Like I do think I, I still want to get to know them and know that I care, but knowing um, I always, and we talked about this in an episode on going deep was like the how and the what is going to be more important than the who or the why. And I've been thinking about that as I listened back to our own podcast and was like, it's going to be helpful to have them reflect on the things for what they're going to do next and not the intimate details and I think you can still get to know your clients and they will still get to know you there's like not an impossibility like you're a human I can verify that you're not a robot so I don't know like yeah yeah Yeah. I think something I would like to um and the you know I was in a session right before this I someone was coaching me from class for their practice session and they did a great job of, of just kind of making a statement um, and I, and I underestimate that the value of that. And when you say about getting to know your, your clients, I think there's that piece of just affirmation. That's very important to me. And in terms of building relationship that I think you can still do as a coach in a way that is meaningful. Right. So we've talked about making statements, like it sounds like that was hard for you. Right. And, and just kind of letting it hang and letting someone respond to that statement. Um, and how that is a good way to like, affirm what they've told you, like 
honor kind of what they've said and build that trust and build that relationship, but also like not necessarily interject too much into that. Yeah. It's like giving a statement that does not have a value judgment on it. It's an observational. I think that's really good. Or um, repeating back what they've said without interpreting. So that, now that you bring this up, um, I will say I have to make sure I'm not interpreting. So the researcher in me did that a little bit with the clients I listened and observed with Katie. And so I'll own that. And she's like, you have to be very careful because what you're used to doing is asking questions, synthesizing and getting like themes and understand. Like, so she's like, you have to like, just make sure you're mirroring. Like I mirrored the client, but then I did a little bit of interpretation. She goes, you caught that, right? I was like, yes. And then I, then I said something back to the client said, and then they went to reflect. And, I, and so she's like, okay, so you caught that. So um, statements I will continue to do because I, I like think that is important. You're right. You're making an observation, but it has to be one that's not interpreted. And that was something um, listening back in my observation. Now that, you, now that you called that out, I was like, uh, yeah, I did that. Um, and it's going to be hard. And it's something that I felt good talking to Katie about because she, she's like, that was one of the issues I had when I started. Like you have to know, like, even though you know, because some of the interpretation happens, you could have a bias towards where you coach your clients and so you would, you would be leading more than the client would. So um, I am aware that that's one of the things I have to break. It's not so much the context, it's the interpreting the things that are coming towards me. So I probably will be cautious on what statements I make um, and observations I make that aren't related to like an emotional cue, um, or something they've said directly anymore, because I don't want to do that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point of self-awareness, right? And I, cause I would echo knowing you, I would echo that about you. Right. And I, and I, um, think about how much of going through this coach training for both of us is going to be tuning into where we need to lean in to actually like changing the way we approach conversation. I don't think anyone listening, I say that, but I'm like, well, they might not know us, but I don't think anyone who knows us would like doubt our ability to carry on a conversation with someone for an hour or build trust with someone in a space of conversation. But I think it's really interesting to start thinking about where do we have to change our approach or those natural tendencies that we've built up over time that, that don't fit into that coaching model. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And some of us, I think we were concerned more about advice giving a resource given, which I still, I think it's fine to do at the end of a session. I'll say, okay, well, is there anything I could support you with? Or would you like, um, like we talk about accountability, but is there anything else I could support you with? Um, and I might go, well, you mentioned this, like, do you want to take a listen to, or maybe you might want to read this or I give them a, a, maybe something to go check out, like a practice for a couple of them that were kind of working through some design. Like one was working through a design thing. One was working through like something they do with their team. And so I said, did you want to try this? I could send that along. Great. But that's at the very end. So I, I got, I was like, I worried always about the advice and resource giving, but now I'm like, ah, I have to lose the researcher in the perspective. Cause that's, that's what I would do in a research interview. And like, I'm, I'm very good at asking a question and, and just listening and then asking a follow-up because that's what you do but I have to not interpret out loud at least like I will probably write something in my notes but I won't project that to the client because I don't want to lead them on their thoughts so that's hard so that's what I'm working on mm. yeah. 
<laughs> I'd be curious to hear what you learn on your observations. So we'll talk about observations and I'll, I'll try and get another one in, in the next couple of weeks as well. Um, whenever I, I haven't talked to, actually I haven't coached anyone in a while. You're doing more than I have lately. Good for you. Gotta get it all done. Want to be done. <laughs> you are so focused and good. Um, are there anything else that you can think of in the last couple space, <clears throat> as I say, spaces, last couple of classes that we've talked about? Um, we don't have a problem with direct communication. That's not our issue. Uh, no. Making space, holding space. Oh, the two things about making space and holding space. You asked a good question in class. Well, I did. You know, I, I think I've done a, t a lot of facilitation over my years, a lot, lot of facilitation. And, uh, you know, we talk about this term making space as in like inclusivity almost like, and, and I don't mean like inclusivity as in we're all talking about it right now. I mean, in the sense of like, are you bringing in every voice that's in the room? Right. And so how are you making space? How are you asking questions in a way that invites everyone to be a part of that situation? And so it was funny because when I first read this tool about like making space, I was like, this seems very counter to that. And it is. And I loved it because it was like making space for the coaching practice, I think is what I worded it in class at the end, right? Like this notion of like, you're making space for yourself as a coach to realign back to that agenda or realign to the task at hand, um, which doesn't feel like making space to me. I would call that something different. I would call that like putting it back in the okay corral or like <laughs> you're, you're on this horse kick, which is hilarious. Putting up the bumpers for the bowling lane or something, you know, like it felt more like that to me than like making space. And maybe it's just my background, right. Yeah. Where that has meant something different for so long. So, yeah, it's the setting the perimeter or someone said like the, the what are the boundaries of coaching and where that fits in. Yeah. So the space thing is important. And I think about space now, um, like you said, is, I, I do think it's okay to let the client talk out and you have to know how much talking out is important. So like the balance of where do you come up and make it, have a powerful question or give a reflection or mirror something back or yeah, like, like you said, make a statement and then follow up question to that. Um, so it's being present. Otherwise you could just sit there and go, I'm um, just going to lis listen to you and let you download. And the case is like, they can do that with their friends or family if they want. I went, maybe some people can't. And that's why they come to coach. Right, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I was like, you're right. And that may be a therapy thing. That might be a referral. Yeah. Anything else that you're thinking of? I guess it was interesting because I was like, what are some reasons that people might need to come in and you need to bottom line them? I was like, life, <laughs> personal, yeah. marriage, kids. Yeah. I, I mean, true story. It was very funny. It was a uh, Tuesday morning after we had talked about clearing in class two Saturdays ago. My manager is also a, a trained coach, like ACC certified, I think at least ICF certified for sure. And um, <laughs> we started a meeting and I had just come from a really bad meeting from a task force that he put me on and kind of knew that it was going to be rough. Yeah. And so we went into the one-on-one -on -one and I was like, you know what this is. So I'm going to need three minutes to clear and you're just going <laughs> to, he started laughing <laughs> and I just like went through it, you know, and I was like, I have to debrief this meeting with you because it's going to derail my thoughts if I don't. But like, I think you're right. It's just life right now. Mm -hmm. Right. It feels, everything just feels so heavy and tenuous and like, you know, yeah, and I think about, like, we are just past World Mental Health Day when we're recording. It's October 10th. Um, and we're National Coming Out Day today. So National Coming Out yes. Day, October Celebrate 11th. yourselves. Yes. Exactly. And 
this our team's actually doing mental health and well-being all month um and so just because it looks different around the world right and globally we're trying to think about ways we can incorporate how to have more space for like i think of headspace the app for meditation to like space itself you and i do these things naturally though like in our lives with each other we we do like a all right we're going to download you get a couple minutes like we've never set a timer but maybe we should all right timer is on go you do too i do too but like that's something i think you and i naturally have done i was like oh that's called something hmm, great i love that you could do that with your boss by the way yeah it was good not about everything but about that i could i was like let's clear about this shitty task force you put me on but clearing is helpful at work so i think it's something i do that with my my supervisor and my skip lead i was like can i just give you a rundown of what's happening in this thing that you think or someone else thinks is going to happen that's not going to happen and then we get to the project so i think it's helpful um bottom lining is also probably good for folks i think about so the holding and making space for facilitating space is needed in some areas and i think it's okay um to let your clients think about that and be aware that there, there might be space like that's something i actually hadn't thought about um because when you do intro sessions or exploratory exploratory coaching sessions when i've sat with people I, I say like i'll ask you some questions i actually might say i might hold some space for you to reflect a bit like that's something i've been thinking about. i was like oh that'd be a good way to introduce it now that we're talking about coaching i don't know i think i think it's worth it right i think your values about what you want people to get out of coaching are going to show up in the way that you approach it. So why not state that from the beginning? And I think it goes beyond, you know, we talk about who do you want to coach or like, you know, what type of people. And I think, sure, that's part of it, but also like, what do you value for those people? Yeah. And, and making sure that the session you're setting up and in those exploratory sessions, like you are someone who reflects a lot. And if you don't know, Laura has a sweet like illustration game going on when she like really likes to reflect <laughs> on things. And so I doodle every now and then. Right? Yeah, it's true. But, but you know, if you're not, if someone who is not going to go into that space of reflection, I don't think would do well with you as a coach, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it's not going to fit and they're not going to want to try that on. Mm -hmm. And so I think that piece of it is important too, is not only like, who do you want to work with, but like, why and what do you want for them? Yeah, it's the other um, class I'm in, the two tools I'll mention that are related to this that I've been thinking about, which it's funny that you said drawing. One of them is journaling, uh, proper writing, but we talked about like maybe doodling as an activity. If you give them like a minute or two to write something that like clearing could be out of their head and on paper, maybe and you let them do that in a session. It, they don't have to read it back to you. That's not, it's not like a book report, but it's how did that make you feel? Uh, what thoughts are coming out of your writing or what's coming up for you now? which I was like, that's actually not bad. And we have an, an artist in the other cohort that I was like, what about drawing? She's like, yeah, what about painting? Because her and I would do that. And then the other one was um, to-do list is a tool. We know that's a tool. It's just like write down all the things in your head. And sometimes it's an activity that helps people like prioritize. And sometimes in that prioritization, they're like, oh, let's talk about this one thing. Um, so this, it could be an activity where it's not necessarily like I'm clearing to get things out of their head, but it's there's lots going on they want to talk about and those are the two i thought of we didn't do to-do lists in our class did we no no so those were the two that i thought of tools related to space making if people need to like besides verbally dump maybe it's like writing down or someone actually pulled up an app they had or had they had a list in a doc that said this is my everything doc and there was a huge list and i was like mm, impressive um so i need an everything doc but yeah it's a way of like getting space in your head as well is what I was thinking about these days and who has that space available.
Ruth. Um, you made a comment about a book I'm reading. So let's talk, let's, uh, before we wrap up, let's talk about what we're reading, what we're doing. You are reading. I want to talk about what you're reading. Okay. Can we just talk about the fact that I literally commented on your post? I got a little misty eyed. I went down to my bookshelf. I pulled it off and I read that essay and like, <sighs> so the book I'm reading is tiny, beautiful things, advice on love and life from dear sugar. So Cheryl Strayed is the dear sugar writer. People don't know that she was like when she was doing that column, right? Like, yeah. No, when she wrote, yeah, when she was writing, she was not Cheryl Strayed. Yeah. I mean, she was Cheryl Strayed, but she was not Cheryl Strayed. It was, it was anonymous columns. People mm-hmm. would write for advice. Um, I'm listening to this book and I've, I've, it's been on my list to read or listen to for a long time. So I'm just early in. So I have not gone to your weepy eyed essay, but can you tell me a little bit about what's to come in this bestselling? This is like a, a collection of advice columns. Yeah. So this yeah. is what you're talking about is later in the book, I think. It is later in the book. And I think I, I'm just to say if, if folks like don't be turned off by advice columns because it's not um, it's not like a Dear Abby or those crappy like Miss Manners types advice columns. Like I, I think what the book does so well is that these letters are raw, right? The people mm-hmm. are writing about real and raw things and her responses are just as open and vulnerable and real. It was I devoured that book. I have, I have like lines in that book and everything, but the one I love, and I'm just going to give a little tidbit. Everyone should go read it. It's on page 241 in the book. If you have the book handy, you can also Google it. I've done that sometimes, like literally in the middle of the day, I just Google it and reread this essay. Um, but it's about this notion of ghost ships and that you have every life has a, a ghost ship um, about the decisions and the paths that you did not take. And your job is not to be sad, but your job is to like stand on the shore and wave as it sails by. I mean, oh how god, are you oh not, why aren't you crying? I, I know. I'm well enough. I am. I was like, oh my god, there's been so many of those I've waved to. I'm like, aww. I'm gonna have to look, I'm gonna look it up as well. I will listen to it and look it up. Oh, it was like, oh, it's so good. It was, I mean, that, that one gets me like every time. I mean, there's ones that get me every time in that book. That could be a powerful question you just had there. Yeah. What, what ship are you waving by to? Yeah. When do you want to come in? Oh my God. I know. Oh, this is good. Can I, can I give you a treat then? A, a gift? Yeah. Um, do you know that she did a short stint uh, podcast with writers? No, I, I don't. Uh, so okay. it's the New York Times. The New York Times? Yeah. Sugar Calling. And oh. she calls everyone. Uh, so let me just look through this. It's not a whole lot of episodes. There's like nine episodes. Okay. But obviously she calls my favorite. Um, uh, she's called so many people. <laughs> so this was early in pandemic days. And she calls uh, her, her favorite author, George Saunders. But she's got prolific writers like Margaret Atwood. And calls yeah. to get their advice. And essentially, Sugar Calling is... Um, her saying writers who taught her how to give great advice essentially in this moment of uncertainty she's turning to the writers who inspire her for courage and, and insight and they're everyone over she's aiming over uh, 60s or 70s right like she's looking to get to the, yeah. the elders of writing and i was like and it's just like life stuff they talk about and that's amazing yeah so that's my gift for you sugar calling the podcast <gasps> that's so when good you, when you want to tune out and have a good right what i want to sob while i'm doing data <laughs> spreadsheets i can't wait Welcome Monday. Some of them are actually, I listened to this a while ago um, when it came out earlier this year and this was early pandemic and it wasn't sad. It was just like things you learn as you get older. And uh, I think that's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. We could listen yeah. to our elders more. We probably should. Some of them we shouldn't, but 
Yeah. Smart ones and prolific ones. We should. Yes. I agree with that. Um, what am I reading? I, right now I'm reading, um, two books because I found through pandemic, I've been interested in a lot of nonfiction. I am not someone who can read a lot of nonfiction in a row and kind of like make that through, make it through that in a good headspace. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am reading right now, um, Austin Channing Brown's book. I'm still here. Extended title is blanking me right now, but I'm still here. And I am also reading Sue Monk Kid Monk Kid's new book called um, The Longings. Um, she's the one who wrote Secret Life of Bees, which is one of my all-time favorite books as well. And um, I didn't know much about it. I just picked it up because it was her and it was on like, um, I needed some fiction. So I just went to the library page and was like, what are some of the top fiction right now? And it was up there and it's been delightful. So um, that has been, that's, that's where I'm at right now with those with books. That's, is it a young adult's book? It is not. It is okay. not. I don't, I don't, I would say not probably. It's on, uh, my, it's on my list to read that one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's, you know, it's very interesting. I, I do not know much about religion and uh, I, you know, I got the basics down and um, <laughs> there's, I, it is loosely based on that time, but I don't know how much it is based on like actual Bible stories that exist, but hmm. it's been interesting to like talk about like or to see her talk about some of these characters and how it interacted and like the main character is very feminist and i don't know if there was an anna back in time did jesus marry an anna i don't know i don't i didn't think jesus got married so that okay um Uh, no not to my knowledge in my catholic uh, that's a little creative freedom but you know he's still a carpenter in this book so there you go i thought joseph was a carpenter no jesus was too yeah like father like son okay yeah Mm -hmm. um cool well, that's it for now. That's coaching through it. Yeah. We did it. We did it. Be sure to listen to the next episode by subscribing to our podcast. We always welcome comments and questions. Send us an email at coachingthroughit@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Until then, we'll be figuring it out on Coaching Through It.